Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Talking Blues podcast. Josh Peter here to bring you the recap of this match against Burnley. An unfortunate one as Chelsea end in a draw 1-1. Up 1-0 up to about, what, the 77th minute? uh, 79th minute, actually, even later. And, well, then Burnley got the equalizer. So, honestly, Peter, these draws are starting to... uh, Starting to, I mean, it's not like we've ended in many draws, but I feel like this draw uh, particularly could be costly for Chelsea uh, moving, if you look at the table, uh, moving forward. We can't lose these matches, right? Burnley is not on the same level, not even close to it, uh, as Chelsea is for them to be top of the table and to end in a draw. It happens, I know, from time to time. It's the Premier League, anything can happen, but uh, they got to clean it up. And, I mean, I'll get into my recap, but I want to let you go first. First of all, how are you? Alex is in here. He's actually looking at colleges. Uh, so, I mean, good for Alex. And I want to just let everyone know on the update for uh, the podcast. We've not been here actually for almost two weeks at this point, if not over two weeks. I think our last episode was October 24th. So it was a while ago. Uh, so the update basically is last weekend on Halloween here on October 31st. We recorded an episode all together. It was supposed to be video recording, our first episode on the YouTube channel. The mic cut out. The mic cut out. We cut. We recorded a whole episode and everything. The mic cut out. Uh, basically had to scrap everything here. And then for this one, Alex is in here. So we were like, let's, I mean, there's no really point of this being the first YouTube video. So when all three of us are here, most likely after international break, or hopefully after international break, uh, we will have a recap or preview episode. That'll be the first YouTube video. Or if we want to do a YouTube video beforehand, actually, we might just do that as well. But um, look forward to hopefully episodes. Because I, I, I know we said it before, but now um, we have a background and everything. And it was set up for last week, but it just didn't work out. So look forward to our episodes. Hopefully being, uh, being you're, you know, you'll be able to watch it on video on the Talking Blues YouTube channel, which once we start uh, uploading content on there, we will definitely be letting you know on the podcast. Just 
unfortunate last event, few events last week. And now Alex is in here. So kind of, we didn't want to do it without him as the first episode. But anyway, I started off, uh, I think, saying Peter's name. Just me and him today. Peter, first of all, how are you? And uh, go a little bit into your match recap for this Chelsea Burnley um, match that we watched today. 1-1 draw. I'm doing well. I do wish Alex was here because I'd want to hear his thoughts on it, but obviously he isn't, so I'm left alone with Josh. Uh, I mean, the way to the way I'd put it, uh, this as the game as a whole, it, it was the best worst performance we've had. And I, what I mean by that is, I mean we played really well for most of the game. Like I'd say, besides literally 30 seconds, we played extremely, extremely well, but. It was a draw. We did not win. And the reason for that is because we had this little lapse of judgment where they were able to score. We just lost track of the runner and then didn't track the runner twice, basically. And they got a goal. They stole a goal. I mean, but for the rest of the game, we just completely dominated them. We had chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. And we just couldn't score. I mean, to be fair, when your front three has Ross Barkley in it, uh, you're probably not expected to be as clinical as you would be. Uh, but I mean, we had so so many chances we could have scored, and we just didn't. We just didn't score them, and so I don't really want to say that the score line like we deserve to have drawn because we don't because we really really uh, dominated uh, dominated Burnley here, except for that goal. So I mean, we deserve to win one million percent. But when you don't finish your chances and you leave it as a one no game like we did, when you leave it there in. To, into the 80th minute around when they scored. I don't remember the exact minute you said. When we leave it uh, 1-0 that late, all they have to do is say, okay, for the next 15 minutes, we're going to actually send people forward instead of sitting back. And that's what they did. And it ended up working out. They stole a goal. Then they just sat everybody back, wasted time, and got out of it with a draw, which obviously is not the result we want. Obviously, a draw is not the worst thing in the world. We definitely should have won. It's a game we needed to win. It's a game we should have won. And it was a, uh, if we won, it would have been great for the table. But uh, kind of like what you said, Josh, uh, these things happen. It's the Premier League. You can't expect to win every every single game. So, I mean, obviously, it will be costly. But at least uh, we're still going to be, even if Liverpool win, we'll still be one point ahead of them. So no matter what, we'll still be in first place. We could just be three points clear, even if Liverpool won. But it didn't happen. It didn't work out that way. But there are were a lot of positives from this game. I think we played very, very, very good football. We played... We had a lot of one-twos. We were very fluid. We created a lot of chances. You did everything you want us to do except for finishing, which when you don't have the striker that you paid $100 million for to score these chances because he's injured, I mean, I don't want to say you shouldn't score them because you should be able to. They were very good chances. But then again, uh, your main goal scorer, who I think I saw something where it was like in his first five games, he scored four goals from six shots on target. And in this game, I, sw- I don't know the exact number. I'm sure Josh will say it later when he does his- goes over the stats. But I think we probably had like 20 shots and at least... Like you want me to do it right now? Yeah, tell me, just, no, just tell me the shots and shots on target. Shots, 25 to 5, Chelsea to Burnley. Shots on target, 4 to 2, Chelsea to Burnley. Exactly. When we have... When we have that many shots and we can't score more than one and it's not like they were just random shots they were all good solid chances that we could have scored from and you leave it that late like i said before 
you're asking for the other team to score when they're at the bottom of the table and they know this draw this one point can really really help us they're going to want to win and we kept them in the game so they still felt like they had a chance they felt like yeah we can come back we can we can get we can steal a point from this game and they did that's what happened um but whatever, we move on. Uh, it's a bad result, especially right before the international break. So now we have to think about that for two weeks, which is rough. But like I said, overall good performance. I'll go over some individual players. I mean, at the bat, I mean, I, no one played bad. That's the thing. I don't I, like. I can't like go into individual players and say, yeah, this person played really, really good because everybody played really, really well except for this one lapse in judgment, which let them score a goal and which lost, uh, which well, he didn't lose us the game, but it lost us a few points uh, because it was a draw. I mean, just overall, Ross Barkley, even though I was not a fan of him starting, he played well. Kai Havertz played well. Uh, Kalamut and Adore played well. They all did miss chances that they probably should have scored, but for the most part, they played well, which was good to see. But then again, it's a draw, and we could have won if they finished their chances, so not good. Reese James is, is my man of the match, by the way. I mean, I think that's kind of obvious. He had so, so, so many great balls. He's, I think... I saw that he has a goal or an assist, uh, a goal or an assist every like hour of, of playtime. He has like eight uh, eight goal involvements in. That's insane for a right back. I mean, everyone considers Trent uh, like the very very good attacking wing back, but I mean, Reese James is also up there, up there in in that caliber, and he's also better defensively. He's the best right back for England, and arguably the best right back in the Prem right now. Uh, or or even in the world, that's 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 up there too. But I mean, just another great performance from him. But Chilwell didn't particularly do anything extreme. He didn't have a bad game. Didn't really have a good game. Jorginho, uh could also be my man of the match. I think he played very very well. He controlled the midfield well. Kept the ball well. Did everything you'd want him to do. N'Golo Kante is N'Golo Kante. He played well. Uh, and then, like I said, at the back, I mean, we played well. We didn't really give them any chances at all, except for right at the end when they scored that goal. So it is what it is, I guess. I mean, we it's a draw. We can't go back and do it. I just wish we finished the trenches better. But I mean, overall, it was a very, very good performance. And I'm happy with how we played. It's just the result, uh, the result doesn't uh, resemble how we played. But it's unfortunate. It happens. We have to move on, bounce back after the break, and keep going. Yeah, and Peter, I mean... I know you kind of already mentioned it, but really when it comes to Reese James, and we talked about it before uh, we started recording, kind of pre-production, pre-recording, his his crosses are so nasty. Uh, I mean, when he's able to fit it in where he, in, in the window, he does it quite well. Uh, and for Havertz to have that little bit of leeway there, let's be honest, that was poor defending by Burnley. Uh, there were two people, one behind Havertz, or like kind of, if you're looking at it um, from the field, I don't really know how to say it. There was one person that was above him and one person below him, not not so much behind him. Uh, but there was no one really on him. So Havertz is basically open at that point to get a perfect header uh, into the goal. And honestly, not as, you know, for Chelsea, they miss Timo Werner and Romelu Lukaku and their finishing ability, their creating uh, creation ability, I guess you can say, to create chances uh, for this club, not so much them scoring because Lukaku of late before he was injured did not score that much, right? He kind of went on a streak and then went on a drought and then he got injured. Timo Werner, he always creates chances. And that's something that Peter and Alex always try to tell me. 
and I just don't see it because all I see is really him missing the chances that he takes. But the amount of creation that he has and the opportunities that he makes for his teammates is beyond me that I really just didn't even see it until he left and I didn't see it anymore. Uh, for Havertz to step in, though, for what he has done at that kind of false nine position that kind of looks like he's playing right striker, taking over the role uh, while our two other strikers are injured, he's done He's done pretty well, and I would like to give him credit for that. So, Peter, I, I know I was, I was going to say you should record this, but this is being recorded. This will be out, so if you ever need the uh, Timo Werner clip, this is where you go. I'm I'm giving acknowledgement to the to the man himself. But Reese James crosses are nasty, uh, and Timo Werner and Romelu Lukaku seem to be very very much missed by this uh, Chelsea team because they're not really getting that many goals as much as they were prior to. We I don't think we would be getting a one one draw to Burnley if Lukaku or the Werner were starting. I would choose one of the two of them. I think we would have won this match with either of them. Would you agree, Peter? If we had Lukaku but no Werner starting, if we had Werner but no Lukaku starting, I think we want to win this match. I think um, I, I, maybe not Werner because in Werner's case, I think Kai Havertz would have been the man that would have gotten replaced, and I don't think Werner's that good in the air compared to Kai Havertz, even though that was a very easy goal to score. So then again, you you never know, but yeah. definitely Lukaku. If we had Lukaku, 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 <laughs> this would be like four or five no game because we if we had someone that could finish all these chances, we easily easily could have put the game to bed we probably even wouldn't have let up a goal because they'd just have been so defeated because we'd already have been up like three or four now what are your thoughts on the goal uh by burnley obviously the connection with rodriguez and who do you, who scored it uh vidra yeah the connection between rodriguez and vidra obviously header to head to foot basically it just it was just poor honestly it, poor defensive effort on that yeah, I mean, we just, there was a ball came out of the box and just floated it in. No one challenged the original header, and then no one tracked the Vidra at all. Uh, so there was literally just a 2 on 0 It was just two people right next to Mendy. Right, and honestly, knowing Mendy, we would think he would come up with that save, even with two people in front of him, right, with how good he's been. Um, listen, Thomas Tuchel, he had quotes in this match, and I would just like to go over the main one. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time, so I have a quick and easy one. Burnley, we're very lucky to draw, but that's football, declared Tuchel. And he also mentioned we were very lucky, as Chelsea meaning we, to draw against Brentford. So he knows you know, how it feels in this situation for the other, for the other club. Um, did, did I say draw Brentford? I, I think I meant win against Brentford, right? We, we won 1-0 in that match. Uh, but we were le- very lucky to beat Brentford, just like they were lucky to draw against us. And I kind of agree with that. I, I do. You know, Mendy has been sensational to this point. That goal was not his fault. Uh, and kind of watching over the replay of the goal a few times, the thing is, Christensen didn't challenge, like you said, Peter. It was an unlucky slash you know, not great intensity on defense type of deal. Uh, you, you see the original ball into the box. Christensen's chasing it, and once Rodriguez does the header, he just stops running, which I understand at that point it's kind of over, but I don't know. Just just unlucky mixed with bad uh, defense in my perspective, opinion, whatever you want to say. I just want to see if there's any other updates. Oh, yes, Mount. Uh, Mason Mount obviously was suffering with an illness, not covid 
uh, was back on the training ground and was actually subbed into the Burnley match for a few minutes. Not much, but it is, it is good to see him. And he was also back on the training ground prior to the match. So that is also good. Um, I'm going through all my stuff here. Trevor Chaloba. Uh, Trevor Chaloba, or Trevor Chaloba, as I like to say, because that's what they say on Chelsea TV. He signed a long-term four-and-a-half-year deal, and I believe that ends around 2026. So he's extended for a long, long time. And I just, my original thoughts are great addition by Chelsea. We're going to need, you know, we're going to need center backs in the future. And, I mean, we have have them now, right? We have Malang Sar, who's been looking good recently. Maybe we try uh, and get another one. But honestly, I mean, Chalaba's a great addition, especially since Thiago Silva will not be... uh, I, actually, I don't even know how long will, will Thiago Silva last with Chelsea because his defensive skills are very, very good. But Peter, your thoughts on the uh, Chal- Chaloba extension? I mean, it's good when you have a very, very talented player. It's good that very, very talented player that loves the club and the city. It's very important that you keep them there for a long time. And you said maybe getting Kunde, but I mean, we don't really need him, right? We have. Chalaba now we have Sar who I don't really count because he's not particularly the best but we have Chalaba uh Rudiger and Christensen we're obviously trying to extend so if that doesn't work out then maybe we do get Kunde. but assuming we extend Christensen extend Rudiger we have very three very solid center backs and then we have Aspi for uh, Silva for uh, I don't know how long they're going to keep playing but we have them we have Sar we we have very, very solid center backs. And it's important that, like I said, you just lock up good talent. And we did that five more years. That's very, very good. Yeah, exactly. And I think that um, I just wanted to double check. It looks like Thiago Silva won't be on Chelsea much longer as he is 37. Um, I remember his birthday. We, we kind of talked about it on the podcast. It was earlier this season, I believe. So... Listen, I think he's on the team for one more year. I want to say that's his contract. Rudiger doesn't look like the extension's happening, though, Peter. The only thing is because he's demanding for a lot of money, and I don't know as rich as this club is if they're able to offer that to him or if they want to offer that to him. But I think uh, the Trevor Chalaba um, deal goes a long way. It does go a long way, and it's someone we could lock up um, or we have locked up for a long time. Going on to the stats, as you know, I already did shot shots on target. Let's go over possession. Chelsea always loved uh, to control this, and they did in this match as well with seventy percent of possession. Um, of possession, yeah. Passes almost four hundred more pra- uh, passes for Chelsea, six hundred fifty-three compared to the small Burnley's two hundred eighty-three, and fouls. Burnley had nine to six yellow cards. Burnley had four. Chelsea had one. No reds. Uh, and the corners, again, another, you know, big marker uh, in this one, 14 to 2, Chelsea lead that. And like Peter said, no matter what happens uh, with Liverpool, we will still be sitting comfortably in first, a point ahead. Obviously, we still hope for loss there, not to be too, too, uh, too mean, but sorry. Um, but for the Premier League standings, Chelsea do still sit in first with 26 points, I want to say, even after uh, this draw. Then Man City sit, sit in second with 23. No, did I? I don't even know if I'm talking right. Chelsea sit in first with 26 points. I think I said that. And then Man City sit in second with 23. 
Uh, Liverpool sit in third with 22, West Ham in fourth with 20, and Man United in fifth with 17. On to other teams' news and Chelsea loan news. Connor Gallagher got a goal for Crystal Palace this weekend. We have the manager of Norwich City, uh, Peter. If you have the name, I don't. I don't know his name offhand. Daniel Fark. Thank you, Daniel Fark. Uh, actually got sacked, which should help Billy Gilmore get more playing time. Right. Yeah, he's been kind of. Uh, I don't know why, but he, Daniel Fark just does not like him for some reason. Obviously, <laughs> the complete opposite of me, because I think he should be playing every game, because he's pr- probably the best player Norwich has. And so, that is also why we put him on loan at Norwich, to give him playing time, right? Exactly, and I mean, there's been quotes about uh, about how uh, Tuchel and Chelsea as a whole were complaining to him about the playing time, and that they were thinking about... Uh, uh, recalling him from loan in January just because he's not getting a playtime. So why would he bother even being for Norwich if he's not going to play for them anyway when he could just be training with us? Uh, but new manager, it's a clean slate. I don't know what he did to Daniel Fark, but clearly he did something. So clean slate, impress the new manager, and he should. He has the talent to be able to uh, be the first name on the team sheet. Yeah, yeah, he does, and you would hope that that happens. Another uh, other Chelsea news that you know comes out of the club, not so much alone, and it actually comes to former managers, and that is Antonio Conte has now become the Tottenham new manager. So he led uh, he, he led Tottenham, he led Chelsea to a win in the Premier League, and he's helped them a long way. Now for him to go to Tottenham, not the best. <laughs> Not the best for Chelsea fans. Obviously, now we have to face him a lot of the time. So, pretty interesting. And we'll see what happens as Tottenham play their first match. We're recording this on Saturday. So, they're playing... No, I think they won their first match under Conte already. Um, yeah, in, in in the... in the Whatever the third, like, European competition is or whatever. The... Yeah, right, because Tottenham are that bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but they do play their first Premier League, uh, Premier League match under... Uh, new management of Antonio Conte tomorrow, 9 a.m. Or, I mean, depends depends when, where you're listening to this. Uh, but we are recording this afternoon, uh, Eastern Standard Time, Saturday, November 6th. So tomorrow, 9 a.m. for us, Everton Tottenham. But the episode will be released tomorrow morning. So I don't really know how that works uh, for everyone else. And then, like Peter was saying, Liverpool play West Ham. So it's going to be a good matchup for both teams, obviously, three and four. Whoever wins... Uh, West Ham wins, so overlap Liverpool. So that's going to be an interesting and fun match. Uh, other scores around the Premier League. Southampton beat Aston Villa 1-0 yesterday. Man City beat Man United uh, 2-0. Crystal Palace beat Wolves 2-0. Norwich City beat Brentford 2-1. And that's the first win for the new Norwich manager, I assume, after uh, the sacking. I'm, I'm just purely guessing. Um, and then Newcastle uh, drew with Brighton 1-1. You already know the Chelsea results, so I don't need to say that again. There's that. And still really no updates, quote-unquote, about uh, Timo Werner and also Romelu Lukaku, except we have a Twitter post. We have a tweet. Have a tweet from Romelu Lukaku from yesterday, Friday saying, running today, let's see how it goes, and then a medical emoji. And that's really, like, all I have. I know Tuchel gave, gave, like, more concrete 
news. I read the quotes. It didn't really seem anything too crazy. But it is good that Romelu Lukaku has been running. It actually puts him ahead of schedule than when he's supposed to return. So that's a good thing there. On to... Well, Peter, before I go to this, because I've been talking for a while, do you have any thoughts on anything I just mentioned? Premier League matches, Kaku Werner updates? I mean, not particularly. There's not much to comment on. It's good to see Lukaku's ahead of schedule. Uh, besides that, I hope Liverpool lose. I hope Spurs... Uh, maybe I hope Spurs... West Ham, West Ham are probably above Spurs in the table now. So maybe I hope West Ham wins. I don't know. West Ham. Or, no, wait, no. Who was Spurs playing? You're was, right. You're right. West Ham's right. above Spurs in the table. They're above okay. them by uh, quite a while, actually. West Ham sits in fourth while Tot- uh, while Tottenham sits in tenth. Okay, so West Ham to win. and West Ham to be Liverpool, I agree, yes. Right, and then Spurs and Everton. Everton's ahead of them. So, ever- yeah. so Spurs to win, maybe? Even though I don't want to do that? Everton's one place behind. Everton's actually in 11th with 14 points. Oh, Everton are bad this year. I didn't even know. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, well then Spurs to lose, and that's good because I want them to lose. I want Conte to lose. <laughs> yeah. I know. It is It is kind of it kind of sucks because he is like an, a historic manager for Chelsea. He led them to a Premier League title, and now he kind of goes across uh, the way, right? And that's a London. Isn't that a London matchup as well? Yeah. Uh, Everton, no. No, 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 Tottenham. He, he's oh, Tottenham. Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we play it, uh, I mean, That's hopefully, what I'm saying. it's a London, it's yeah, a London, yeah. v. London matchup. It's a That's London a historic, yeah. historic matchup between Tottenham and Chelsea for a long, long time. They have history between both clubs, and now Conte can say he's been manager of both sides, which I don't know if that's a good thing, though. I know it's a bad thing because managing Spurs and then inevitably not winning any trophies because it's Spurs is not something you want to put on your resume. Yeah, I I don't know if you want to go to both sides of a of a London rivalry. That's that's pretty interesting. Um, although we can say I was part of both teams, but I don't know. That's just me. All right, a lot more talking to come here. Not no, I'm just kidding. But we are bringing back. I am bringing back the Chelsea team updates. I'm very excited about this. I was granted permission by Peter and Alex to bring them back. I wanted to talk to them first before I said anything, uh, but they said yes. So thank you guys. More likely just Peter now, because Alex isn't even here. So thank you, Peter. And uh, let's start with the woman. We have, if you don't remember from last season, basically weekly, as as we do episodes weekly, I do updates weekly on the development squad for Chelsea in the Premier League too, and also the women's squad in the Women's Super League, Women's Champions League, stuff of that nature. So let's start off with the woman. Uh, the Chelsea woman today, when we're recording this on November 6th, won 1-0 against Aston Villa in the English Women's Super League and midfielder Jesse Fleming uh, with the goal today. Their next match is actually going to be in three days on November 9th versus, now we were thinking about this, this is a Swiss team, we don't know how it's said exactly. I would go Servette, Peter had a little bit more accent on it, so I don't know which one it is, but I'm going to go Servette. So their next match is November 9th versus Servette Women uh, in the Champions League Group A, uh, the Chelsea women are playing in Group A. And right now, they are second in the Super League, in the Women's Super League table, with 15 points. Funny enough, Arsenal women are in first, although both teams do have 15 points. I believe the goal differential is 4-5. I think it's 17-13, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, very close between those two clubs. It's great to see that the Chelsea women are still very dominant, as they always have been, uh, and, you know, since last last season and times before that, but uh, they're still very good um, sitting in second in the Women's Super League and also in the Champions League. So look forward to that. So to completely flip 
after talking about the Chelsea women, the development squad are atrocious. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. They are not good at all. Um, Peter, you know, was able to update me on that. Yeah, they, they are, they are pretty trash, uh, compared to the other men, women squad. One of them's in first in their table, respective tables. One of them's in second in their respective table. Uh, and out of the 14 clubs in the Premier League, two. The Chelsea PL2 squad sit in 13th out of 14th. The only team behind them is Derby County, uh, and they have six points. Chelsea has 10 points um, right now. Win, draw, loss goes 2, 4, and 5. Yeah. Goals 4, 15. Goals against uh, 23, and negative 8 in the goals differential. So... Chelsea development, uh, development Squad has ways to go. Their last game, though, was also today uh, on November 6th. So all three uh, of the teams played today. They lost that game, unfortunately, though, to Crystal Palace Premier League 2 squad. 2-1 uh, was the score of that. And they're going to get some, uh, you know, a break as well, just like the Chelsea men um, for international break, I assume. I guess some Premier League 2 players maybe go with their countries. I don't know. But they also are going to get a break regardless. Next match is going to be November 19th. Uh, the Premier League 2 squad for Chelsea versus the Leeds Premier League 2 squad. Um, and I can't say that Chelsea is much better because they aren't. They aren't. Uh, Leeds United uh, Premier League 2 squad sits in ninth. So there's only Derby County. If they were to play them, then I could say Chelsea uh, is better when you go to the table. And that's going to be it. Your Chelsea team's update, women's development uh, team update for this week. And obviously next week, uh, I assume we'll record an episode next week, kind of previewing Chelsea's next match um, after international break against Leicester City. And then they're going to play Juventus uh, a few days after that. What I tell you to look forward to is World Cup qualifiers for us. We are going to be looking forward to Chelsea, Chelsea, <laughs> the U.S. men's national team uh, World Cup qualifiers, the final round of that. They're going to be playing Jamaica next week, um, and then and then that's about it. So they have one match there. Peter, you know of any teams in Europe uh, that are that are playing any countries that that's a good matchup? Because I looked and I could not find any. Uh, I mean, probably not. It's, there's probably some obscure country somewhere in the world that's playing, but I have no idea. <laughs> I thought I saw Germany had a matchup, but they were playing against a really like a country that was not good. So I did not want to mention that one. Uh, I, the only reason I was going to mention is because a few players on our team are German, so they could very well play in that match. But I didn't think they would. They would probably just uh, put a lot of their bench players out there. So that's going to be it for this episode of the Talking Blues podcast. We appreciate you listening. Hopefully Alex will join us next week, and we will see you next week after international break. You can go follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. I'm at JoshHolo29. Alex is at Anorian23. We are at Talking Blues Pod on TikTok. And the YouTube channel is the Talking Blues Podcast, although there is no content up there yet. We will let you know next week uh, when there is content, hopefully, on that YouTube channel. Um, and we'll tweet it out as well. So that's why you really have to follow the Twitter. That's where all of our updates, game updates, Talking Blues Podcast updates there at Talking Blues Pod. Subscribe, drop five stars if you can. We'd really appreciate it. Share it with anyone. Um, thank you so much for listening, and we'll, we'll see you next time. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, 
a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.